the Milwaukee Bucks sign the Elijah Bryant of the 22 playoff run. The defense, is there really reason to be concerned about this Milwaukee Bucks defense with the playoffs just a few games away? I'm going to look at the, some of the numbers from this season, compare them to some of the numbers from last season as well. And of course, there is a big game against the Chicago Bulls coming up here tonight. There's plenty to discuss. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Uh, writing solo today, as you can see, if you are watching on YouTube, we don't do this too often, but from time to time, uh, I'll ramble on on a solo podcast. But we've got plenty to discuss today, so it's going to be totally fine. Uh, of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. First listen or first watch if you are on YouTube. And we may have some new friends joining us on Locked On Bucks today, perhaps some Argentinian basketball fans with us. More on that in just a little bit. But if you are a fan of basketball, a hoops fan from Argentina and you're tuning into the show today, welcome. We absolutely love having you here with us today. And today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So the Bucks and the Bulls coming up tonight. Uh, 7 p.m. Central Time tip. That one's from the United Center in Chicago. I wonder if some of our listeners are making the trip to Chicago. Maybe you're based in Illinois, but maybe uh, you are going to make the trip down to Chicago for this game. There was plenty of Bucks fans in attendance last time these two teams met. The Bucks have had a pretty good record against the Bulls this year and a pretty good record against the Bulls in games gone by. As far as injuries go for this game, and we're always on watch, particularly on the road to the playoffs. Are these guys going to play? How are the Bucks going to manage this rotation? But as it stands currently right now, I'm recording this at 1 a.m. Central Time. Giannis is probable with left knee soreness. And Zach Levine for the Bulls also left knee soreness. He's also listed as probable for this game. So no NBA basketball today. The college national championship game was on. And listen. Those that have listened to this podcast for a while will know uh, I'm not exactly a fan of college basketball. It just, it can't rope me in. So I watched literally zero seconds of March Madness this year. Zero seconds of the tournament. I should have to Kansas, though. They won. Chase Buford, the former Bucks assistant coach, now hanging out here with me in Australia. Uh, he was a part of the last Kansas National Championship team I win, so he's going to be fired up today. But Nonetheless, uh, I was disappointed there was no NBA on today, but it is back tomorrow. The standings right now, Milwaukee 48 and 30, Chicago 45 and 33. So that is a three-game gap between these two teams. For Chicago, what are they playing for? They're probably not going to dip into the playing tournament right now. Uh, as I look at it here 
Cleveland eight games back. So there's a two-and-a-half game difference between these two teams. But they are basically playing to decide whether they're going to be in the fifth seed or whether they're going to be in the sixth seed, which obviously is very, very relevant to the Milwaukee Bucks. We may be seeing a first-round preview here with this game between Milwaukee and Chicago. I think for the most part, Bucks fans would feel pretty good with the Chicago matchup. They haven't got an answer for Giannis. I think on the defensive side of the ball, yes, DeRozan and Levine are two guys that can get a bucket. And I think if you had the choice, you would probably rather play a Cleveland if you do end up finishing in that two seed and Cleveland gets through. That also might be Atlanta. So things are going to get a little bit weird here. But nonetheless, this is obviously a big matchup and potentially a first-round playoff preview. The Bulls have dropped right off. The Bucs are looking to snap a two-game losing streak. And we know this is the first of a, a big set of games. We're going to hopefully catch up with the guys from Locked On Celtics coming up. Uh, the day after this game with the Bulls because the Bucks and the Celtics may well be playing for that number two seed uh, at, uh, as they play off on, uh, later this week, Wednesday night. So the defensive side of the ball, when you consider DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, I think the Bucks feel okay with Drew Holiday. And now that Wesley Matthews in the starting lineup, I assume Wesley Matthews is going to get the other job there on one of those two guys. I think that it's smart to free up Chris Middleton. And yes, we've spoken about the fact that Middleton can be a little streaky. Yes, he has had a couple of quieter games here over the last few nights, and that automatically draws automatically draws the criticism. One of the most craziest things that I continue to see from Bucks fans, and by the way, we love all the feedback, we love all the opinions, but I'm just going to tell you that I think that this opinion is straight up crazy. Because when I get someone in the YouTube comments, which I did yesterday, saying uh, the Bucks will need to consider trading Chris Middleton in the future for a number two, for a true number two. And I, I just think to myself, this was one of the arguments that used to frustrate me so much prior to the Bucks winning the title. But are there really still humans out there that are going to say that the Bucks need a true number two alongside Giannis after they've already won the title? after Chris had multiple 40-point games in the postseason, multiple 30-point games in the postseason, are we still willing to sit there and say that the Bucs need a different number two or they need to take trade Chris Middleton? I think that the defensive side of the ball, and I've spoken about this before, this is what made P.J. Tucker so important to this team against Brooklyn. This is what potentially looms as an incredibly important role for Wesley Matthews with this team moving into the postseason. And I know that there will be people sitting there that don't believe that Wes Matthews can be the guy during the postseason to take these incredibly difficult defensive assignments. And I'm unsure myself. We're going to see how it plays out across the course of an entire postseason. We've seen small sample size stuff where I think Wes has been really good. That's my opinion. I know some people disagree. But he is going to have to play an important role. And so is Pat Connaughton coming off the bench. These guys that can play at the wing spot, and it's not just for, you know, potentially what is a Chicago series, if you think Levine and DeRozan. Obviously, it's a Brooklyn series if you get to that point with Kevin Durant. Obviously, it's a Boston series if you're dealing with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And with Philadelphia, maybe to a lesser extent, but it is a guy like Tobias Harris that'll be out there on the wing as well. And with Miami, I mean, we think that Giannis is a great matchup for Jimmy Butler. But again, I'm always being the proponent that I think that defensively, if you can 
minimize the time, particularly early in series, early in games, where Giannis has to be the guy spending all that energy on defense, where Chris Middleton in particular, uh, then I think you're better off. I think Middleton's had a fine season. I, I don't understand where this idea is that he's had a horrific season. His numbers are pretty much on par. The efficiency's come down a little bit. He certainly had a, a rough stretch if you, if you look back to the start of the season and kind of around the All-Star break, just prior to the All-Star break. I don't think that it should be too hard to look into it and see why maybe this guy has been a little bit fatigued. He's not over the hill. This guy isn't old to the point that you think that he's in decline. But when you go through an entire series and expended the energy that these guys did during uh, the, the postseason and then went straight to the Olympics, it's difficult. And that's why I look at a guy like Drew Holiday and I marvel at what he's been able to do, particularly when you look at the shooting splits. He's been incredible. And I'm not getting caught up in the argument of who's the Bucks' second best player because I just couldn't care less. If you think it's Drew Holiday, fine. If you think it's Chris Milton, good for you. Whatever. I think all three of these guys are really, really damn good. And I think that we've seen Chris Milton out of the all-star break play better. Yes, he's had a quiet couple of shooting games here. But I think that this guy has got the benefit of the doubt when it comes to Bucks fans, surely. I know that there's a few out there and whatever. You know, If you want to pay attention to some of those guys, you can. I choose not to. But this guy has done enough. I think he's going to be fine. But I do think that as he perhaps does start to lose some of that defensive agility, the side-to-side stuff, if you can stop him from having to deal with key defensive matchups for seven games, I think you're going to be in a better spot. And the other thing I was thinking about today, who are the true two-way defensive, the offensive, defensive wings in the league today that bring it on an absolute nightly basis? And I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a Mikel Bridges who is obviously elite defensively, but doesn't bear anywhere near the responsibility of some of the lead guys in different offenses. So he doesn't count. Yes, he's an, he's an elite defensive player, going to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. That's fine. But who are the guys that actually do it? on both sides of the floor. It's probably, I mean, probably the guys in Boston, you know, Tatum and Brown, they probably do it. LeBron, even if you go back years and years and years, he's been coasting on a defensive end, particularly during the regular season. There's just not that many guys, and you can put them in the YouTube comments, uh, who are the guys that play the lead role on offense and are elite defensively night to night. There's just not that many guys that do it. And particularly... There's not that many guys that on, on contending teams that do it every single night that have been through the grind of the postseason. These guys know how to pace each other. And the point I'm making is that I think we saw last year a higher level of defense from Chris Milton in the postseason than we did to the regular season. And I think that if you're watching these games, then it's totally fine to have the opinion that he has coasted a little bit on the defensive end. I think that he has. But I also think that he can do that. We're going to get to the defensive numbers here in a second. But the point being that I don't have any concerns about Chris Middleton in the slightest. To me, he's proven it. He doesn't have to prove it to anyone at this point. I think he's going to be just fine moving forward. So a little bit of a rant here on myself on Chris Milton. We're going to get to a roster move. I'm going to get to that in just a second and stick around for the defensive numbers. If you're someone that's worried about the Bucks defense, uh, we're going to get to that. But first, I'm going to talk about our friends at Prize Picks uh, because, look, if you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. You guys know that. And we also know that you will too. So all you have to do is pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. 
Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. All you have to do is use the award-winning app, which you can get on both the App Store and Google Play as well. So remember, if your player on your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, uh, you win. So let's look at this game against the Bulls. So for me, Bruce had success against the Bulls in recent times. Giannis, do they have to match up? I don't think so. Pat Williams is back in the lineup. I'm not buying that. I think Giannis is the player to go for in all the props. Points and rebounds tomorrow, I think he's going to be uh, dominant. If he plays, probable at this stage. So for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all our users. You get 50 bucks free of a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. But you must use the code NBA. That's right. There's an exclusive offer for locked on fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for 50 bucks free of a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. Now, don't forget about our friends at betonline.net. It's the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews, as well as different leagues uh, across the world. Now, we're speaking about MVP. You can get the MVP odds right now. Yana still sitting on the third line there behind Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. But Bet Online is your continued source for all the sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. The Bucks signed their Elijah Bryant of the 2022 playoff run. Uh, maybe they did. Luca Vildoza. Now, by the way, uh, first of all, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Our friends from Argentina can let me know uh, if that's the case there. But Luca, Luca Vildoza, uh, a guy that I actually have seen play a little bit because he was with the Argentina national team during the Olympics. Uh, they were in the same pool as Australia. Uh, so I saw him play a little bit, and he, he's kind of impressive. He can score off the dribble a little bit, can shoot the three, can uh, put the ball on the floor, and he's he's been an accomplished player overseas. He was the... Uh, MVP of the Spanish League Finals going back in 2020. Uh, he actually was with the Knicks to start this season, but he had a foot injury uh, coming off the Olympics. He had foot surgery, so he hasn't really played uh, much at all here. Now, this is eerily similar to last year when the Bucks did sign Elijah Bryan, as much as I joke about it. It was around this time, about a week before the playoffs. Randomly, the Bucks decided to sign Elijah Bryant. I think everyone was looking at it and said, well, okay, we'll see what this signing means. The one thing I will say for Luca Vildoza, I think that he's a chance to play. If he's in Milwaukee in the next couple of days here, uh, the Bucks have a game against Detroit coming up, which I think we believe, uh, this is after the Boston game, so we believe that uh, probably there will be some guys resting in this game. And it's very similar to last year. Again, Elijah Bryant was active for one regular season game where he scored 16 points, had six rebounds, three assists in 31 minutes, six for 13 from the field he was in that game. And then in the postseason, again, I've gone back and looked at the depth on the Bucks roster in last year's postseason run. Nowhere near where it's at right now when you look at some of the guys that are playing and even some of the guys that can't crack the rotation right now and we think maybe won't be in the rotation. Javon Carter, I understand, controversial. Some people want him on the, in the lineup, but right now, He's not getting minutes. Serge Barker, uh, the other one there. So I, I don't really think that there is any avenue or path for Luca Vildoza to get serious minutes here in the postseason run. 
uh, outside of something really disastrous happening with the roster and injuries and those types of things, which obviously we hope doesn't happen. So we'll see. Uh, but he has got a non-guaranteed deal for next year. Probably a long shot that he'll be back next season. But nonetheless, I don't think that this was a huge surprise that the Bucks added a name. Uh, we weren't sure who it was going to be. We know that uh, Tyreek Evans had some minutes with the Wisconsin Herd. I think he hurt an ankle, but that one seemed a little less likely just because he's a bit more of a known commodity. In here. And the other link that we should say here uh, with, with Bill Dozer, he is actually uh, his management team, Alex Saratsis from Octagon. Uh, we know the link there with Giannis and Thanasis and the crew. And then that's our guy, Yorgos Kalatsakis, started the season. Uh, also of that Octagon family, uh, I don't know what he's up to. What's your guys up to? Our Greek fans will be able to let us know uh, there. But Luca Vildoza, 26 years old, and uh, we'll see what he can bring to the Bucks here. And like I said, there is a chance that he might get some minutes in the coming days, which I'm sure will be uh, exciting for uh, fans of his and fans that have followed him along the way. But a little bit of late season roster news uh, for the Bucks. I want to get to this defensive stuff in a second, but just a quick one on the scoring race, on the scoring title. So LeBron right now, 30.3 points per game. He's in first. Embiid, 30.2. Giannis, 30.1. How does everyone feel about averages when it comes to the scoring title race when you have a guy like LeBron that is significantly, significantly down in total points? And this isn't a Giannis agenda, by the way, because even if you go by total points, Giannis is definitely not winning the scoring title. I just feel a little bit uncomfortable about the fact that LeBron is a significant chance. I think he still has to play two games to qualify for individual scoring races, stats, whatever. I just feel a little bit uncomfortable that as it currently stands, he's only dust, and I mean dust, in the top 10 for total points scored this season. He's around, well, over 300 points behind the leading scorers, and he's, he's almost... 300 points behind Embiid and Giannis when it comes to total points on the season. And he's had to stat pad to get to this point even. I just don't feel totally comfortable with calling someone the scoring leader or the scoring champion of the league when he has played so few games and he isn't close to scoring more points than some of the players in the league. And by the way, uh, DeMar DeRozan is leading the league in scoring total points. And Trey Young is just behind him. They're both just over 2K points on the season. Joel Embiid is actually fourth with uh, 1,963. And Giannis is in sixth with 1,925. So it's more of a conversation point. Do we think that the scoring title should be most points for the season? I mean, part of the, the, the reason or part of the season is playing games, staying healthy, this year was a little bit different because there was COVID involved and some other weird things like that. But do you care about that? Should it be the average? And again, this isn't a Giannis thing because he wouldn't win it. He might not win it either way. But this LeBron situation, I think I just have a problem with this being added to his uh, legacy because this has been a, a pathetic season for the Los Angeles Lakers. And he might be able to lean back and say, well, 37, I was a scoring champ. And it's like, well, were you? Were you really the scoring champ? So anyway. Let me know what you think uh, moving forward, whether that could be a change there with the scoring race. And also let me know what you think about Rock Auto, our fantastic sponsors of the show, because we know 
these days, if you have any problems with your car, by the way, people don't want to be lining up in a store. We, 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 we don't want to be doing that. We want to be doing it from home. We want to be jumping on our computer. You go to a chain store, they don't have all the parts you need anyway. They've only got one brand. You don't get to choose whatever suits you best, which is exactly what rockauto.com will do for you. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? The example we have here, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from a chain store, 216 bucks from Rock Auto. It's a family business as well, so you can feel good you can feel good about going there. It serves do-it-yourselfers and has done for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, towel lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find out the solution for your auto parts needs. Just go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box today? Now we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, let's talk defense. I used to have a drink. I'm telling you, this is hard work doing a podcast by yourself. Tough times. The voice, the voice is starting to struggle. Talk defense, though, because pretty much every game, particularly games that the Bucks lose, the comments will be filled with the Bucks defense has problems. The Bucks defense has to be better. So I just thought that I would dive into some of the numbers because, particularly when it comes to three point defense, this is a bugbear of all Bucks fans. And I get it. It's frustrating when you look and it looks like these open threes are just coming and coming and coming and the Bucks defense is doing nothing about it. All right, so overall, this season, the Bucks 14th in defense, a 111.1 defensive rating. That's 100, 100 for those defensive rating points per 100 possessions you're giving up. So 111.1 points per 100 possessions the Bucks are giving up. Last year in the regular season, it was 110.7. There's only 0.4 of a difference there. Keep it in mind that Brooke Lopez hasn't been here for basically the whole season. It's not that bad. In the playoffs, the Bucks had the number one ranked defense last year, 106.8. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that, and we're going to get to that as we move through these numbers. But essentially, in ca- capturing everything, the Bucks defense has been pretty similar to where it was last year, just based on the raw numbers there. Advanced numbers. I think the defensive rebounding percentage is interesting when you look at the Bucks this year because when you think Brook Lopez isn't there, you think to yourself, okay, your team's going to have trouble rebounding the ball. Giannis has played a lot at the five now. Obviously, he's an elite rebounder, but it's been pretty easy to tell now that Brook Lopez is back on the floor. The Bucks just look like a bigger team. Bobby Porter's battles hard. He's always on the glass, by the way, and an excellent rebounder. But Brook Lopez is the big body. Interestingly enough, the defensive rebounding percentage is, again, virtually the same. 75.5 last year, 74.6 this year. So they haven't been hammered on the glass. But it's the three-point stuff that people want to hear about. And these are the numbers that I think just paint a picture to you that, that let you know that uh, maybe there's something you should be concerned about. But overall, it's a very, very similar profile, despite the fact that when we think about the Bucks' defense last year, a lot more experimental with, with switching and trying to figure out a switching defense. That was something that they really introduced heavily last year that was different from the base drop coverage the year before. This year, yes, there's been some switching sprinkled in there, and there's been some new faces in the rotation, which has uh, 
and made things challenging at times. And perhaps the Bucks haven't always been as engaged as you would like, which again comes back to the regular season stuff. I think a lot of it comes down to effort. But also they've tried other things with the pick and roll coverage. Bobby Portis, we've spoken about it. Last year and in seasons gone by, they might just say, well, Bobby, like Marvin Williams a couple of years ago in the bubble, when you're out there, you're just playing the base. We want you in drop coverage. Brooke Lopez is almost the best in the business when it comes to playing that drop coverage with his timing, with his IQ, with his positioning on the floor, and his ability to still protect the rim. That's a very hard skill, and that's why it doesn't make sense with a guy that's a little more versatile like Bobby Porter. So what have they done this year? They've tried blitzing the ball handler a little bit more. They've had Bobby Portis right up on the perimeter, and they've also had him switching a little bit. So they've tried different things this year as well, even if the experimentation perhaps hasn't been as uh, right in your face as it was last year, because last year there was some shock factor to it. This year, it's not so much the case. But the interesting part about all this is that when it comes to defending the three-point line, not so much has changed. So here we go. This season, the Bucks are giving up 20.1 wide open three-point attempts per game. 20.1 they're giving up per game, which is 29th in the league, the second most per game. Bucks fans will be listening to this and saying, yep, that checks out. A lot of wide open threes. Last year, they were at 20.0. Also 29. Exactly the same. <laughs> and the interesting thing is, the team that was 30th, the Charlotte Hornets last year and this year. So it's exactly the same. They're giving up the same amount of wide open threes. Now, something that perhaps you could be a little bit concerned about if you're a Bucks fan is the fact that last year they got pretty lucky. Even on those wide open threes, and we know a lot of the wide open threes are the of the above the break variety. We know that some of it is by design. But last year, opposition shot 41.3%, which was also 28. So they were getting punished on those wide open threes that they were giving up. This year, 36.3%. So there is a 5% swing, which is huge. The Bucks have no doubt gotten lucky on the wide open threes. Now, if you, you could probably dive into them more and have a look about who are the guys that are shooting those wide open threes. Is it luck? Is it better awareness of the opposition? I'm not sure. It's probably, I, I'd be leaning more towards the luck side of things. Now, that might be concerning for you. Unless you've looked at last year in the postseason. But keep in mind, 20 point, around 20 wide open threes per game they've given up. In the playoffs last year, despite the fact they gave up wide open threes all regular season, in the playoffs last year, that number came down to 14.6 per game. So over five fewer wide open threes. And they shot them pretty well. They shot 39.2% on wide open threes in the postseason last year. Uh, but that number came right down, 14.6 down from 20. So that's why, again, it's just one number. But that's why when I look at some of the closeouts that you look and you say, geez, maybe that's not maximum effort. Maybe the Bucks could have been a little more on the front, switched on on their defensive assignments. Maybe they could have been a bit sharper. They, don't, they look kind of flat tonight. It's kind of why I'm not freaking out about it because we saw it last year and we've seen it in games this year, whether it's the fourth quarter, games that matter when the Bucks really lock in defensively, they're still suffocating. They're still terrifying for an opposition team, one through five. So I just find that just really fascinating that for all the concern over the three-point shot, if you compare last year to this year, 
it's virtually exactly the same. If you want to go further back in the buddy era, it's basically the same. So the difference to me with this team, and we saw it in last year's postseason, the versatility is there, the personnel is there. I don't think that there's a major reason to worry. We'll see if I'm wrong, but right now I am just not that concerned. The one number that sticks out to me from a defensive point of view, and this does make sense when you when you think about Brook Lopez being out of this lineup. Last year and this year, they were basically giving up 23 shots per game in the restricted area uh, in each season. The difference, this year, the opponents have shot 66% in the restricted area. Last year, they were at 61. That, to me, is the Brook Lopez effect. He's back. He's looking decent. Shaking off some rust, no doubt. But the fact that Brook Lopez is back out there, again, gives me confidence that those numbers are going to start to normalize. And overall, with the personnel that the Bucks have, with the defensive talent that they have in their lineup, including on the bench, coming off the bench, there aren't too many weak links, which is what you need in the postseason because those weak links do get uh, targeted. There's no doubt about that. So those are the numbers that tell me that this Bucks team should be fine defensively when it comes to the postseason. Doesn't mean they're going to win the title. And it means that I think we should see better defensive numbers when we get to the postseason, despite the fact, obviously, the opposition talent goes up. So I just wanted to get to that because the defensive stuff is always on the agenda of the listeners in the comments. And if you disagree with any of that or you have counters, of course, let me know in the comments. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast, the national podcast on the network. They've got you covered for everything going on around the league. And I'm going to leave it there. Half an hour of all came today. If you guys are still listening to this, you are true champions. Absolute true champions. We thank you for listening to Lockdown Bucks. As always, hit subscribe if you haven't done so on YouTube or whatever audio podcast platform you're listening to. We really appreciate it. We'll be back post-game tomorrow. Bucks and Bulls, 7 p.m. Central Time. Frank will be here for the post-game pod. Catch you guys then.